Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In our gospel reading today, a wealthy man was preparing to take an extended journey. Before leaving, he entrusted his money to three servants. After the journey, he called those same servants together for an accounting of what they had done with his money. Two of them had made some wise investments and doubled the original amounts. Both of them were highly commended and rewarded. The third servant had simply hidden the money in a safe place and had nothing to show for it but the original endowment. For the lack of effort, he was sternly rebuked and condemned. In the telling of this story, Jesus faced one of the troubling realities of our life. And that's the inequality of human endowment. In 1776, representatives of the 13 American colonies signed a document declaring their independence from England. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men, all people, are created equal. Now, taken at face value, that statement seems untrue. If there's anything that we human beings are not, it's equal. Think about it a moment. We are unequal in intellectual abilities. We are unequal in physical strength and many skills. We are unequal in social opportunities and advantages. Jesus does not explain this seeming injustice or seek to even defend it. He simply faced it. The three servants were entrusted with different amounts of their master's money, each according to their own ability. One was given 5,000 talents, another 2,000 talents, and a third 1,000. In the name of fairness, we might even protest that there is not equal distribution here. But the fact remains that some people are given more than others. Some are dealt an easier hand in this life than others. Some are born fed on a silver spoon. But that's simply the way life is. Perhaps a more constructive approach would be to recognize and appreciate the, por- the importance of ordinary people. We aren't given any hint in this story that the most richly endowed servant was any more valuable or necessary than the other two. His achievements were not highly praised any more than the man who accomplished less than half. Both are given the identical commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. Or to paraphrase, you are an industrious and reliable servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Now the man with the smallest endowment was held to the same high standard as the other two. 
his failure to produce anything brought him a stern rebuke and judgment. He expected nothing of himself. And his master, well, he found that attitude unacceptable. Now, we can't say for sure why Jesus tells us this story. And quite frankly, it's unusual in at least one respect. Because most of the time, we find Jesus portraying the unlikely person in a favorable light. Recall the parable of the Good Samaritan, the tax collector and the Pharisee, and the beggar at the rich man's gate. In each case, he championed the underdog. But this time, the man who has the least finishes last. He ends up losing even the little he has. So why the unusual twist? Why is Jesus telling us the story this way? Perhaps it's because he knew the tendency of ordinary people to discount their own worth. Those of us who cannot do great things are tempted to excuse ourselves from doing anything. If we cannot give $1,000, we see little point in giving a few pennies. If we cannot sing the aria or handles small voices to the chorus. This attitude, it seems, is the common inclination of common people. But few things are more detrimental to the cause of Christ in the advancement of his kingdom, in which we are all an integral part. The story clearly refutes such wrong and erroneous thinking. It's significant that the man with 2,000 pieces is given the same commendation as the man with 5,000. Not one word is changed. It seems we're being introduced to a new system of measurement here. Jesus has his own standard for success. And friends, the test is not accomplishment, but effort, involvement, trying, not giving up. The person who uses small gifts faithfully is placed on par with those who are more gifted who do the same. Both are equally commended in the eyes of Jesus. But the spotlight in today's story falls on the man who was given the least. He, again, is not commended at all. In fact, he's condemned in no uncertain terms. Now, he's not a bad man. He didn't steal the thousand pieces. They are entrusted to him. He doesn't squander his master's money on wine and drunkenness and partying. In fact, not one penny does he even spend on himself. Put the money in the ground and leave it there for safekeeping. And for this offense, he's stripped of everything and cast into darkness. This is not mere melodrama. Instead, it proclaims the truth that every person is important and of value in the kingdom of God and heaven's enterprise. 
Jesus knew the tendency of ordinary people was to discount their worth. He also knew that the work of great people requires support and participation of the ordinary. The story we hear today is really sadly incomplete. Now much is accomplished. The original investment was almost doubled and that's certainly cause for celebration. But the sadness is not as a result of lack of profits, but for the lack of involvement and the lack of trying. One piece is missing like a jigsaw puzzle. The one final piece to make it complete that's us. The most gifted man does his part, and the next in line does his part. But the man with the least to give gave nothing, and that has an impact on the kingdom of God. In other words, it affects his entire master orchestrated plan. Life in the kingdom is a team effort. When one member of the team lies down and quits, everyone is away. The truth is this, friends. What Jesus is telling us here is there is something that you can do that no one else can do. You have a purpose. You are needed. In Curcia, we're given a cross at the end of the weekend, and it says on the back of it, Christ is counting on you. And indeed, he is. But it also says, I am counting on Christ. It is not within us to do this and within our own flesh. We walk in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, Life Together, says this. Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It first means that a Christian needs others because of Jesus. It second means that a Christian comes to others only through Jesus. And third, that in Jesus we have been chosen, chosen, from eternity, accepted in time, and united in eternity. God's wish is that no one should perish. We are chosen and his beloved children, heirs to the kingdom of God. And I pray that we hear the voice from above and from within that whispers softly or possibly declares quite loudly that you are my beloved and on you, my favor rests. May we rise above the voices clamoring our thoughts. World. May we recognize with all we are that our identity is in Jesus Christ and in him alone. We are not obscure beings in his eyes. Jesus constantly insisted on the worth of what others might call obscure service. He spoke of the importance of a cold cup of water given in his name. He said to feed the hungry, to visit the sick, is truly an action 
with cosmic and eternal significance. Now, and this is important, it's not in our human wisdom to know when an act of service is great or small. Deeds are actions that may seem nothing in our eyes, may count for everything in the life of someone else. The poor widow who cast two pennies into the treasury did much more to enrich the human race than all the military conquests of Napoleon. We may not receive divine intervention as George Bailey did in It's a Wonderful Life. Clarence is sent to pull back the veil and reveal the incredible impact he had on so many. But if you recall, prior to this encounter with the angel Clarence, he was ready to throw away the towel to bury his talent. But may we know this. We are part of the plan. And perhaps we have all come here today thinking our gift to offer, but nothing could be further from the truth. One of the worst mistakes that we could ever make is to discount our worth. Everyone has a part in God's eternal purpose. However small that may seem, it is truly needed. One word of encouragement one gesture, one prayer, one prayer, one act of kindness could turn the tide this week in someone's life. This is a story about you and me, inflaming symbols and not easily forgotten, I hope because it proclaims to us the importance of ordinary people. May we invest our life, all of it, in the kingdom of God. It's worth the risk. Invest your life in the kingdom of love so that in the words of today's gospel, the Father of us all may say to each of us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.